Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Heather Chandler, Heather McNamara, Heather Duke, and Veronica Sawyer, the most powerful clique at Westerberg High. Why are you such a mega brat? Because I can be. Most people would die to get into it. Heather number one just looked right at me. Veronica would kill to get out of it. You were nothing before you met me. Now J.D. has come to answer her prayers. I'm a no-rest build-up man myself. We'll kill her. He's either the man of her dreams or a nightmare come true. Now! I love my dead gay son. Life can suck! Is this turnout weak or what? I had at least 70 more people at my funeral. I loved you. He's coming up here to kill you. That's it. We're breaking up. The sleeper hit of 1989. Winona Ryder. Christian Slater. Heather. A teenage love story with a body count. I'm gonna have to send my SAT scores to San Quentin instead of Stanford. In a world where podcasts reign supreme, two friends dare to ask... Do you even movie? Hosted by filmmaker Enrique Couto and movie aficionado David D. Neuer. Spoiler alert. Quit looking like that. Nope, never. <laughs> Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Do You Even Movie? I'm your host, Enrique Kuto, here with my good buddy and co-host, Double D, David DeNoyer, who I guarantee we're going to find out was much more popular in high school than I was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you said when we were watching the movie we were discussing that, you're like, you know, it's a, it's a bold choice for you to pick this uh, high school movie. And I'm like, why? And you're like, well, you know about my high school experience. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you didn't think that one through, did you? <laughs> Uh, believe it or not, I may not have been the most popular kid in my high school. And, um, it took me a bit, but we are heading back to high school Mm -hmm. and tonight we're talking all about the 1989, correct? 89 Uh, film? Well, 88. 88, 1988. Like, so, okay, this is a weird thing. 88 on IMDb and and Wikipedia, but it was released in 89. Huh. Yeah. Sundance was the 88 day, and then 89 was the United States. Huh. Yeah, some of these dates get a little stupid. Yeah. I know Maniac is one of those where it's like there's like three different dates for the release of Maniac. Well, who could trust that, you know? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I told you not to go out tonight. (laughs) Maybe that's why it came came out one night, but then they brought it back in because he told them not to go out that night. uh, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But we're heading there with the 1988 uh, black comedy, Heathers, which is 
in I would say pretty much every definition of the word a cult classic. Cult classic, yeah, hundred percent a cult classic. And this is this is one for me that when we were when we were discussing uh, the Valentine's Day love themed month, I was like. I want to go with one that's a psychotic love story, but I didn't want to go like super on the nose, like psychos in love. Oh or man, like we should have done. No, we should have done. Um, uh, uh, what was that? Psychos a love story oh, or whatever. Uh, yes. Oh my god. You're having a, a mental, mental meltdown. <laughs> god, nobody knows what we're talking about. <laughs> no one in the entire world, and I wouldn't have it any other way. But yeah, Heather's was just an automatic pick for me because it was like it's one that um, Joe Bob showed a, a several years back, and I remember uh, we we are a part of the Mutant Collective on Facebook, and yes, sometimes that group can can be interesting in regards to the responses of what Joe Bob announces and shows. Well, they like to complain a lot <laughs> um that's just that's kind of the fun of it sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's very frustrating yeah um but i will say uh heather's having aired on joe bob's last drive-in yeah was one of the first times in my 30s i had seen it yeah. and and i had been trying to prepare for this because i always considered heather's to be one of those that i thought was fine yeah. and i understood why people loved it but i didn't get it so much yeah this viewing definitely turned me around, but I did uh, I did kind of um, hold off on us having to do this one. Yeah. I selfishly uh, was like, <laughs> I'll show you. You want to review Heathers? I'm getting COVID. I'm getting COVID. So I... <laughs> I mean, we, we should go ahead and say that uh, th th this has been, you know, the, the episodes have released in the order we want them to. But just to give perspective, <laughs> we haven't been behind these mics in over a week because both of us got sick. Yeah, you had the flu. Yeah. That is the weirdest part. Let's talk about that let's, for let's a second. Let's talk about it, yeah. That is the weirdest part of the illness is you showed up stupidly with a sore throat. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know should have known better. yeah and then and then uh proceeded to spray <laughs> while is, you talk which is in last week's episode you actually yeah. stopped at one point and you were like you just spit all over you just me. spit all over <laughs> all of us but <laughs> but uh so you had a flu yeah of some sort yeah, uh some, and some sort and so then that wednesday the next day mm -hmm. i had a little tingle in my throat yeah and then Thursday, I was full on sick. Yeah, literally, I left your house that night, and uh, I went home, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to, like, take, like, some cough drops and, you know, hope for the best. Because, like, it had gotten a little bit better, but that's the one thing I hate about sore throats is even when they get better, it doesn't mean you're getting better. No, not at all. <laughs> and and as a person who, and I know this will shock the listeners, uh, who has blown out my voice from yeah. use many, many times— I know the difference. Yeah, and I and I get that. And that's and that's what was funny was uh, so Thursday or Wednesday rolls around and I'm I'm just getting miserable at work and um, all my coworkers were in office. I, I work in a place that has had basically everybody at home by choice because they can work from home and remote in. And I'm the weirdo that still goes to the office. Yeah. So we were having our quarterly of everybody in office and I'm just sitting around my coworkers and I'm just like. Jesus, I really hope I'm not getting anybody sick. And then when I left work that day, I literally went home at 4.30 and laid down and did not get up again until 5 a.m. the next morning just to take more cold medicine to go back to sleep. Well, I'd probably call your work yeah. and say, like, I, I, texted, I, I texted them, yes. And Man, see, it has been so long since <laughs> I, I had a job that I, I've never had the option to text, text. Yeah. that I was sick. Yeah. No. Oh, I always had to at least fake, fake a, it. Fake yeah, a no, no, I get it. I, I can't. I get it. In. 
But yeah, no, I was I was down for the count till about Saturday is when I went back to work. Uh, so I missed uh, Thursday and Friday, and uh, I was worried that I'd gotten you sick. And then when you did get well, sick, well, it would make sense. Yeah, and yeah. then when you did get sick, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I did it. I totally did it. <laughs> yeah. So then I'm sick. Although it seemed like mine lingered, but it wasn't as intense as, as intense yours. As mine. Yeah. So by Friday, I'm full bore sick, laid up on the couch. Saturday, still pretty damn sick. Sunday, starting to feel a little bit better. And then Monday, just because I was like, I should, I took a COVID test, which you did too. Yeah. And when I came up positive and your ass came up negative, <laughs> I was like, so we're just unrelated. Apparently. Apparently. Unrelated. And then my mother got sick, yeah. who I had seen that Wednesday. And I was like, oh man, I made my mom sick. She got a negative COVID yeah. test. So it was just me. <laughs> I had COVID Sandwiched between two people with unrelated flus. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then uh, literally the next <laughs> week at work, uh, I think that following Friday, like two people had called off because when I texted on Friday, I was like, I, I need like one more day to recoup and then I should be good. Uh, Jamie's like, okay. She's like, we're already down a couple people, but we should be fine. And then I found out that like one of the people I was sitting next to uh, got sick and then one of the people across from me got sick. So I don't know if I did it. I'm pretty sure I did. I mean, but you do lick your coworkers. I do lick my coworkers. Yeah, that is that is a thing I do I, that I completely forgot about till now. I, I don't know how you could forget it because you're always <laughs> complaining about their aftershave. You're always complaining about, you know, you're like, why can't you wear something that's mango scented? You're always saying this stuff. So, uh, <laughs> so it's been an exciting time here at Do You Even Movie between oh, yeah. your host getting sick and, oh, yeah. and trying to recoup back. I was laid up for a full seven days. Do, well, do you boy, your cable watching movies. Oh, man. I went down a <laughs> rabbit hole with Jog Mundra yeah, you movies. And uh, if you don't know who Jag Mundra is, then you're the average human being. Yeah, but Jag Mundra was a uh, Indian-American filmmaker who made quite a name for himself with erotic thrillers in the 90s that played cable again and again, starting with Night Eyes was his big hit, which spawned three sequels. And Jag Mundra, most fans would know him for directing Hack-O-Lantern because that's kind of the one that got the real cult appeal. And that's that's why I'm so obsessed with these weird late night cable movies, because Unlike the horror movies, which everybody loves them, everybody wants to forget these weird thriller movies. Yeah. And not all of them were erotic thrillers, but everybody wants to forget them. Well, you and I are both Lifetime, a Lifetime Movie Network enthusiast, and I was watching uh, a lot of Lifetime while I was sick just because I, I had it on and I would fall asleep to it on and off. There are some really damn good movies. I mean, there's a lot of misses in, in the Lifetime Movie Network, but there's a lot of good ones, though, too. Oh, it's I mean, anybody who doesn't accept that Lifetime is where... B movies are made for high budgets. Yeah. You're in denial. Oh yeah. Because Lifetime is and Joe Bob Briggs has even said it. Yeah. It, it is it is the drive-in of the modern day. Yeah. That's where you go to see your your ridiculous women in peril movies mm-hmm. and and all of that stuff. Psycho Grandma was uh, or Psycho Grandmother was one I watched um and then I really watched uh, I really enjoyed one I watched called Ruthless Realtor. That is a title. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I won't lie. I have not been as plugged into Lifetime yeah. as lately as you have. Yeah. Uh, but wow, yeah, that is that is a title and a half. There, there's been some amazing titles and some uh, great titles and bad movies as well. <laughs> oh, well, sure. I mean, they're they're guilty pleasure, but like by design. By design. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, me, I'm sitting at home. I'm watching uh, Shades of Grey. I'm watching wild cactus mm-hmm. i'm watching uh tainted love i'm watching distant cousins i'm watching uh oh, what was that other one i watched 
Um, I started uh, rewatching Dangerous, uh, playing Dangerous Two, yeah, which is the one that's a kids movie yeah. except for two shootings in it that are like completely out of place. Yeah, that's another film everybody's forgotten, but me basically yeah. is playing Dangerous. But uh, I could talk for hours about <laughs> these weirdo lost movies that I adore. Yes, I yes, really we do. We both could, and I will say after my Jagmundra triple feature, mm-hmm. Wild Cactus, a lot of fun. Good luck finding it. It's yeah. nowhere. You can't rent it. You can't. You have to buy it on VHS. Hey, I mean, I was happy enough when we finally got Lou Diamond Phillips' Dangerous Touch available in Voodoo. So that well, was. Well, that is a classic. That was a yeah. happy point for me. A, a An erotic thriller written, directed, and starring, starring Lou Diamond, Diamond Phillips. Phillips. Oh, yeah. And half the movie is just women talking about what incredible, mysterious lover he is. That'll probably come to the show at some point. Oh, I, we I, gotta I don't think we can get away talk about Dangerous from Touch. Dangerous Touch. I have a poster of Dangerous Touch <laughs> over my bed. Yes, you do. And it's just a shot of LDP, like, looking, like, <laughs> super dark and mysterious. And <laughs> do you remember... That I accidentally bought two. Yes, yes, I yeah, do. I have a second Dangerous yep. Touch poster because when I went to uh, when I bought Dangerous Touch, I bought it and I put it in a frame and I was like, hell yeah, hell yeah! And then I was going through my my poster tubes and I saw when this a Dangerous Touch. I was like, oh, this must be the tube that that Dangerous Touch came in. And I was like, and then I opened it up. I was like. I bought it's Dangerous it's Touch on a poster twice. like like a year or two yeah. ago and then forgot about it. Yeah. I have a real problem with collecting these B-movies Hey, there's a, there's a sur- Survival Quest copy in here somewhere in this house. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> I, I have no idea where it is, and it drives me insane because I love that movie. I know. It's a great movie. <sighs> but so. also a great movie, Heathers. What's that now? Oh, it's it, it's a it's a <laughs> laugh and a half. No, so I will say that this, this, is, this talk about Heathers is going to be interesting because yeah. – I have come out of this viewing, which is probably my third or fourth viewing ever. Mm-hmm. I've come out of it with a lot more appreciation for the film. Yeah, you were so, saying that. We're yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it quite a bit. So, David, throw us the pertinent deets on All Heathers. All right. So, we are talking about Heathers from 1988, although possibly released 1989. One hour and 43 minutes, rated R. This film is directed by Michael Lehman. Uh, he is a name that many people know just by his body of work alone. So, Heathers, this is his directorial debut in 1988. Wow, that was his first film. That's his debut. And then he does Meet the Apple Gates in 1990, Hudson Hawk in 91, Airheads in 94. He did Airheads? Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love that Airheads. Movie. Yeah, yeah. The Truth About Cats and Dogs in 96. He uh, uh, directed some episodes of the Larry Sanders Show in 96, My Giant with Billy Crystal in 98. Oh, my God. I haven't thought about My Giant in so long. <laughs> the West Wing in 99, 40 Days and 40 Nights in 2002, Pasadena 02, Century City, The Comeback, Because I Said So in 2007, Worst Week in 08, then goes to shoot episodes of Big Love in 09, episodes of The Big C in 2010, Nurse Jackie 2011, Dexter 2011, American Horror Story. 2011. Oh, wow. True Blood in 2013. Californication 2014. House of Lies in 2015. Scream Queens in 2015. Did Jessica Jones in 2019. Uh, Revival of Veronica Mars in 2019. And recently has directed episodes of Heels, Heels in 2023. The, the, the series about pro wrestling that yeah. I actually really like yeah. uh, quite a bit. Wow. That's, yeah, he, he pivoted into. Not only television, but like the exact kind of TV I would imagine the director of Heather's would do. Yeah. I mean, hearing that he did like Californication and Scream Queens, that uh, True Blood, yeah. and stuff, that's all very on brand. Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, can see that. Going from uh, Heather's in 88 to Hudson Hawk in 91 and then Airheads, I mean, those are three movies that I really, really love. <laughs> I would not have just guessed Hudson Hawk and Airheads had a lot in common. Who knew? 
Who knew? I love that. Oh, you want to you want to talk about weird common? We'll we'll get into the cinematographer here in a second. But the writer <laughs> first is uh, Daniel Walters. Daniel Walters is uh, he was a writer in the '90s more so. He did a lot of bigger titles in there. He's more so become kind of a pop culture guy. He's been on the movies that made me a lot. He's a good friend of Josh Olson and has some really fun episodes on that show too. But he started out with writing in 1968 with Beyond Our Control. Does Heather's, which is his first screenplay in '88, then goes on to do the Adfor- Adventures of Ford Fairlane with our buddy. Cappy. So, did, uh, uh, was he the guy who rewrote it? He's the screenplay credit, huh? So, yeah, because our boy James Cappy, my good buddy James Cappy, wrote the yeah. original script for Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Do you even movie? We'll be right back. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Do You Even Movie? Then uh, Walters goes on to write Hudson Hawk in 1991, Batman Returns in 1992, Demolition Man in 93. Demolition Man. Yeah. That is a movie that I am so glad has gotten its due as time has gone on. Yeah. Uh, Happy Campers, which he also directs in 2001. He does Vampire Academy in 2014 as the writer. And then in 2018, did a series called Fashion Victim or a TV movie called Fashion Victim. But like I said, he doesn't really have a heavy resume, but he's got some really good titles on there. I mean, Batman Returns alone. I've I've come a really long way on loving that movie from where I was as a kid because that was a movie that mom took away from me. Because of the nipples? Uh, because of penguins biting the nose scene and the overall just sexual... Th- that that movie wants to fuck. I love Batman Returns, but the more <laughs> I watch that movie, that movie just wants to fuck. Uh, yeah, no, it's a horny flick, uh, <laughs> without a doubt. So moving on to our cinematographer, there's Francis Kenny is his name, and he starts off his career with a hell of a title in 1975. So this guy did instructional videos and like uh, behind-the-scenes videos for corporations, starting in 75 with How to Say No to a Rapist and Survive. Well, that... Second half is pretty important. No wonder it's an instructional. Then he goes on to shoot Red Fox video and Plain Brown Rapper in 1983, which was a comedy special that my parents had that I didn't get to see until I was in my, like, I think 16, 17, because it's filthy. Oh, wait, Red Fox? Yeah. Filthy. Crazy, right? What? 
Uh, so then he does Cindy Lauper's uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun video in 1983. Everything you always wanted to know about computers but were too afraid to ask in 1984. Huh. Uh, does the video for direct, uh, Dire Straits Brothers in Arms videos. Campus Man in 1987. So then he gets Heathers in 88. And this is where he really takes off. He does Nightwatch series in 1988. Sweet Bird of Youth, which was a TV film in 89. New Jack City in 1991, he's a cinematographer on. Well, hell, all yeah. right. So then he goes and does the Flash series in 91, House Party 2 in 91. Now we're cooking with gas. Class Act in 90, uh, 92. <laughs> then he goes on to do Coneheads in 93. Wow. Oh, oh, we're not even there yet. Nabs, nabs, unacceptable. Not even there yet. Ed and His Dead Mother in 1993. That's a movie I've been wanting to revisit. I used to have a DVD, but I foolishly Ed got rid of it. Ed and His Dead Mother. It's in print again. Is it? Scorpion. Scorpion had it for a while. Yeah, it's they in still... print. So then Wayne's World 2 in 93, Jason's Lyric in 94, Thin Line Between Love and Hate in 96, Harriet the Spy in 1996. Whoa. The first Nickelodeon feature film. Bean, 1997. The Mr. Bean the film. The Mr. Bean. Oh, my God. Uh, Night at the Roxbury in 98. She's All That, 99. Scary Movie, 2000. The first scary movie. First scary movie. Kingdom Come in 2001. How High in 2001. <laughs> From Justin to Kelly in 2003. He became the comedy yeah. guy. Holy uh, crap. Three Wise Guys, which is a movie I don't know if you've ever seen or we've talked about it. Um, it's three mafiosos that are protecting a pregnant woman. I've never seen that. It's 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 a weird comedy, but yeah, Three Wise Guys in 2004. Then he does The New Partridge Family in 2005, Seeing in the Dark 2007, Steel Magnolia's remake for Lifetime in 2012. I never saw that. Bonnie and Clyde uh, miniseries in 93. He shoots Justified in 2014. Uh, Greenleaf in 2016, and for the last several years, he's been shooting on the SWAT TV series, which started in 2017. Oh, oh man, SWAT! I mm-hmm. remember SWAT. Yeah, the review, uh, the the revitalization <laughs> of the old classic. Shut up! <laughs> but uh, what was your first time seeing Heather's? Okay, so I did not see it in a very nostalgic way. Okay, um, I saw Heather's in, I would say I was I was 18 or 19. 18. I rented it at, oh man, I rented it at Precinct 13 Video. Oh, that's featured in your film, Marty Jenkins and the Vampire Bitches. <laughs> Why it is. <laughs> uh, that was a, a short-lived local video store, uh, rental store. With Hobgoblins, apparently. With with every copy of, um, every movie being a copy of Hobgoblins, yes. Uh, but I rented it there because I was told by the owner, as well as by my buddy Andy, that it was like a must watch for teens, yeah. and I was eighteen. I remember Andy was was pretty heavy on Heather's well, being not, let, not a big fave of his, but an important movie. Let's be real; everybody knows Heather's because of the line "fuck me well, gently, gently with, with a, a chainsaw, chainsaw," which yeah. is in the first few minutes yeah. of the film, and that was what that's what always brings it back. Is people will quote that on social mm-hmm. media, or at least they used to before it would get flagged as self harm yeah. threat or something, which is ironic given the the point, <laughs> the of, point of the film. Yes, uh, but yeah. So I saw it when I was eighteen. I remember thinking it was pretty good, um, but I mostly I was enamored by two things. Mm-hmm. I was enamored by Winona Ryder, who I had. I mean, I, growing up in the '90s, I had a long term crush on Winona Ryder because yeah. I watched Beetlejuice and like was her age. Yeah. In, or, well, the age she was supposed to be, yeah. I guess. Because, yeah, she played really young in Beetlejuice, Oh, she absolutely she? did. That now, was like her third movie, uh, 1988, because it was the same year as Heather's. Yeah, wow. Yeah, because she looks like she's two years younger. Yeah. You know, uh, although I guess I guess in Heather's she's playing that exact same age. Yeah. 
basically. It's just, but very different type of person. Yeah. Anyway, regardless, also for me, because this is the era when a movie comes out in theaters and then it takes forever Ever to hit home to video, hit home video. And, and, and everything. So for me, in my 90s kid brain, mm-hmm. Beetlejuice will always be like a 91, 92 movie. I get that. So uh, so I guess she, she's a smidge older than me, but yeah. but still. Uh, so I had a big crush on her. So seeing Heather's, I was like, whoa. But then, of course, my biggest uh, mind blower was Christian Slater just 100% being Jack, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. Yeah. Um, and I mean that yeah. with love because his performance is great. Oh, he's but, great, yeah. <laughs> but I kept waiting for him to go, uh, see you later. Wait till they get a load of me. <laughs> Wait till they get a load of me. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I liked it. And I remember how off color it was. Yeah. Um, even for, you know, 2005 standards. Now it's like, wow. Yeah. Um, it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the mineral water. Yeah. Oh, uh, we'll get to that. So, but that was my first time watching it. And then I probably watched it a few years later. Um, and, and, and I always thought it was fine. Yeah. Joe Bob showed it and I didn't pay full attention because yeah. I'm hanging out with friends and we're all talking and goofing around. Yeah. But what about you? When did you first see Heather's? So Heather's was a later discovery for me because the first uh, notion that I have of the, uh, this movie existing was, do you remember the VH1 um, miniseries they did of like, I love the 70s, I love the 80s, I love the 90s. I remember I love the 80s. <laughs> I love the, I the love 80s. 90s, yes. I love the 80s had a whole segment on Heather's because of course it was a huge phenomenon uh, cult wise when it came out and that's usually what they focus on a lot of those and uh, I just remember seeing scenes from it like the lick it up baby and uh, fuck me gently with a chainsaw and I remember seeing clips of it that were also blurred out by the violence so like they had those little logo (laughs) things they put up over so immediately I was like well this looks interesting so I gotta hunt this down it took about uh, several years for it to fall into my possession and luckily um, somebody traded it in with a load of DVDs when I was working at around about books when um, it was in high school and I remember I, I'd taken it off the stack and Mike was like, oh, Heather's is so good. And I was like, yeah, I haven't seen it. And he's like, you're not buying that. He's like, just take it. Like, <laughs> just take it. Go home you and watch it. it. Yeah. And so I took it home and watched it that night. And I remember really, really liking it. Um, but then it just, you know how it is like when you watch movies at the rate we do sometimes that they, they, unless it's. Sometimes it's a machine. Yeah, you unless just, it's like you're a just major... sitting down and watching it and sitting down and watching yeah, it. Yeah, unless yeah, it's yeah. like a major point, you don't really, you know, have much well, with it. You see Double D. This is why I invested in a 120 inch screen in yeah. my living room. Yeah. Because when you watch a friggin' film, <laughs> you're watching a friggin' film. You are indeed. But no, no, I totally know what you mean. So yeah, it took several years, um, and then I got a Blu-ray uh, shortly around the time I moved back to Troy, and uh, I watched it one night. I think I, like I got it like the Walmart like seven dollar bin back in the day, mm. and um, took it home and watched it. And I just it I every time I watch this movie, I remember how much I love it with each viewing, and I kind of forget that until well, I revisit. You're kind of a teen at heart. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I mean that with yeah. all the insults possible. That's possible. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so talking about Heather's, let's go into the plot. So the image entertainment Blu-ray on the back says Westerberg high school elite, uh, click of popular girls are the Heather's comprised of the powerful Heather Chandler, the green with envy, Heather Duke and the cowardly Heather McNamara rounding out the foursome is Veronica Sawyer, who is so fed up with the Heather's and the entire peer pressure cooker that she starts running with JD, a mysterious and possible psychotic motorcycle riding newcomer. But what begins as their notable effort to rid Westerberg of its bad apples ends up taking a real toll and their teen rebellion produces a serious and mounting body count. I don't hate that description. If only for the use of the phrase peer pressure, pressure cooker. cooker. That's pretty friggin' good. Pretty good. Uh, and when I was growing up, uh, that was the the height of dare. Yeah. 
and all these anti-drug poly, uh, you know uh, classes and stuff they would take you to. Yeah. And uh, peer pressure was constantly mm-hmm. talked about. So I love the phrase peer pressure cooker. So that's from the from the Blu-ray yes. case. So would you like to hear my bullshit? Uh, <laughs> No. I struggle with this one a little bit because I, <laughs> there's just so much going on in this movie, but here's mine. Okay. High school student Veronica Sawyer quickly finds out uh, the serious consequences when she accidentally causes the death of an elite member of the high school clique known as the Heathers. Finding out her new boyfriend, J.D., is behind teen suicide trends sweeping their town, it's up to Veronica to stop J.D. from murdering more innocent teens with this plan to blow up the school. That's pretty good. I mean, you tried really hard to be concise, yeah. which is hard when there's so much going on. Yeah. And I mean, um, like that, that's the thing with Heathers is like, yeah, there's the central plot, but there's so much more around it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's a hell of a lot going on in yeah. Heathers. And I am happy to report that this is widely streaming available right now. You can find it on all your major players that you're used to. So you can watch Heathers right now. Uh, you can pause the podcast and. Because if you haven't seen it, this is a movie that we really don't want to spoil for you unless you've seen it and you can go along with it. Well, I mean, we have a spoiler alert at the beginning. Here's another one. Spoiler alert. There we go. We have a spoiler alert at the beginning of the show. What we do at Do You Even Movie is we take our favorite movies and we pick them apart. Like a, like a rotisserie chicken. Yes, we do. Mm-mm-mm. And picking apart and finishing us off, we're going to go through the cast and our top three players in this, starting with Winona Ryder, who plays Veronica Sawyer. She was in Lucas in 1986, does Beetlejuice in 88, Heathers in 88, Mojo Nixon, Debbie Gibson is pregnant with my two-headed love child video in 89. Rest in peace, Mojo. Yes. Uh, Mojo Nixon just recently passed away while on a rock and roll cruise yep. the night after his performance, and I can't think of a better way for a man who meant so much to me uh, to pass away. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I do want to mention, you know why she was in that? Because you told me before, but what is the story? Because they became friends on uh, on uh, the Jerry Lee Lewis movie. That, Great Balls of Fire, Great Balls which is of her Fire, next yeah. one. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's where they met. Okay. And that's how he got her to be in the music video. That totally makes he sense. He plays the drummer in uh, Jerry Lee Lewis's band in Great, Great Balls, Balls of, of Fire. Fire. So yeah, Great Balls of Fire in 1989, Welcome Home Roxy Carmichael in 1990, Edward Scissorhands in 1990. That's You know what? That's probably the one that actually caused me to have a crush on uh, oh, Winona Ryder that. more than anything was probably oh, Edward that. Scissorhands as a kid. And I'm not the biggest Tim Burton guy, but I love Edward Scissorhands. That movie actually came back on me uh, in my 20s, like the, the best it had, I'd ever received it. Because I, it, I can't imagine a teenage <laughs> Hot Topic Dave wasn't in love with Edward Scissorhands. It, like it was on TV a lot growing up, and Mom watched it. Like Mom really liked Edward Scissorhands. My mom liked Edward Scissorhands. Um, as well. And I remember she got me to watch a, a scene from it because uh, I was a big fan of House of Wax at that point because that's one she showed me too. And Vincent Price, of course, plays the father in it, and she showed me that like that was one of his last roles. But yeah, Edward Scissorhands is one that I've really come back around on and really, really love. I, I'm still shocked. I feel like that would have just been one you would have to love by law. I, I don't know. Just like, like The Crow. Yeah. You're, by law, you have to love The Crow. So, it, so then she does Mermaids <laughs> in 1990, Bram Stoker's Dracula in 92, The Age of Innocence in 93, Reality Bites 94, Little Women in 94, Boys in 96, The Crucible in 96, Alien Resurrection in 97, Yeah, yeah. Larry Sanders Show in 98, Girl Interrupted in 99, Lost Souls, Friends, Mr. Deeds, Simone, A Scanner Darkly, The Ten, The Informers, Star Trek, Black Swan, The Iceman, Frankenweenie, Homefront. Have you seen Homefront, by the way? Homefront, the action movie? Jason Statham I versus- I love that movie. Oh my God, it's so ridiculous. I, have I, I, I thought, well, no, we didn't see that together in the No, I, no I had to get that, it on video. That, yeah. that movie broke my heart yeah. because it was written by Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Right after his son died. His son had died, yeah. And if you watch that movie thinking about that, the entire movie is about saving your child yeah. from- Basically, the things that killed his son in real life. Yeah. Um. I I think that Stallone, people love to joke and yeah yeah he's the he's that uh, uh, guy. But 
Stallone is a very talented screenwriter and a yeah. very talented story writer and storyteller. And I, I wish he got his due a little bit more, but I'm sure, uh, you know, he's okay laying in his pile of money yeah. every night with his, you know, memories of hundreds of supermodels. moved from like three different mansions in the last like 10 years, if I remember correctly. Uh, it's rough. Like he's sold you know, it like just, several times. That's rough. You so know? Homefront in 2013, <laughs> then she lands probably what would be the biggest role in the, like, the last decade, Stranger Things in oh, 2016. that brought her back. Yeah. That brought her back entirely. Yeah. I've noticed she's been popping up in like... Hulu movies yeah. and stuff now because of that return. Yeah. Was, well, she had that little incident. Yes, we did. We did. We did talk about that off mic. Yes. She had uh, that little uh, theft incident. Oh, well, no. Well, all, all I said when we were watching Heather's is I was like, man, she really steals, steals. every scene she's in. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> no, in, in the early 2000s, she got caught shoplifting. Red handed, like and, all on video. And it, it really, I, 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 I mean, it's fun to laugh at, but like, I really got the sense that she was just a kleptomaniac. Yeah. Like, she was just doing it for unhealthy emotional reasons and not yeah. because she was. Uh, necessarily too poor to buy a dress or something. Yeah, so then Stranger Things in 2016, Destination Wedding in 2018, Gone in the Night in 2022, and she was recently in Haunted Mansion in 2023, which I still haven't I, seen the Yeah, I haven't yet. seen it either. I think everybody was in that. I might have yeah. been in that. Yeah. Do You Even Movie will be right back. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome back to Do You Even Movie? So moving on, we have Christian Slater, who is playing Jason J.D. Dean in this. And 137 credits he had, which I wasn't surprised because, I mean, that the man is working 137? 137 credits. The reason that blows my mind is there was a period where he couldn't get work. He couldn't get work. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, my buddy... Fred Olin Ray helped break him back into the scene with, um, I want to say it was Hatfields and McCoys. Yeah, that's actually uh, on here. Bad Blood, Hatfields yeah. and McCoys. So uh, that's amazing that he had that many roles because, yeah, there was like a solid span yeah. where just nobody was working well, with Well, and like going through this, uh, which I'll get to in a second, just his 90s resume, I forgot how fucking stacked it is. I'm pretty sure that I learned... Who he was from Robin Hood. Robin Hood, Prince yeah. of Thieves, yeah. So, starts off in 1980 with Search for Tomorrow, uh, Guess on All My Children in 84, does Hills from the Dark Side series in 84, Legend of Billie Jean in 1985, Name of the Rose 1986, appears on Crime Story in 86, L.A. Law in 88, then Tucker, The Man in His Dreams in 88, scores Heather the same year, then does Gleaming the Cube in 89, The Wizard in 89, Tales from the Dark Side the movie in 1990, which I love that movie which, so much. You know, when you hear that resume, just note, that uh, 
he was this close to being on Freddy's Nightmares. If he had started his yeah. career two years later, he would have been in an episode I'm of Freddy's really Nightmares, damn it. Him. Damn it, he would have. Because Brad Pitt was, for fuck's sake. Well, we even we even have an alum on Heathers that was in Freddy's Nightmares. Phil Lewis, the 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 kid that the, the black student in the photo in the uh, newspaper lab. Oh yeah, he yeah. He was yeah. in the he was in um uh Bride War Red. He's the friend that yeah. introduces the stripper <laughs> from hell. Fun oh, facts. Oh, so Freddy's nightmares. Young Guns in 1990. Pump up the volume. Coming to this show soon. I promise you. In 1990, Dave's gonna. Be, he's been threatening me. We're gonna have to watch Pump Up the Volume again. He's always I saying love Pump it. Up the volume. Uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, 91. Mobsters in 91. Star Trek: The Undiscovered Country in 1991. Cuffs in 92. Ferngully 92. True Romance in 93. Interview with the Vampire in 94. Murder in the First in 95. Does Bed of Roses in 96. Broken Arrow in 96, which also might be I another like contender. I like Broken Arrow a lot. Hard Rain in 1998. Hard Rain is a friggin' like, oddball classic. Oh, yeah. That is such an underrated film. Uh, Very Bad Things in 98. 3,000 Miles to Graceland, 2001. Zoolander, 2001. Windtalkers, 02. West Wing, 02. Mindhunters in 04. Alone in the Dark in 05. And I think that was right around the time that he was a little unhirable, because that's an Uwe Boll film. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, that does say something when you end up in an Uwe Boll movie. Yeah. Or worse yet, an Uwe Boll documentary. That too, yeah. So then he does The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron. Boy, genius. He was uh, uh, jet black in that in 2003. Hollow Man 2 in 2006. Dolan's Cadillac in 09. The River Murders 2011. Entourage 2011. Playback 2012. Hatfields and McCoy's Bad Blood in 2012. Bullet to the Head, speaking of Sylvester Stallone, 2012. I like Bullet to the Head. That's a fun good moments. one. Uh, Nymphomaniac 2013. Ask Me Anything, 2014. I completely forgot about that movie. I don't recall. The one with the high school student that goes missing, and they, she she's telling the story as the movie goes. Oh! And then at the end, yeah. it possibly is that none of that was absolutely true at all. Hmm. It was one you turned me on to uh, of Netflix back in like the time it oh, came out. Oh, that was me? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Hot Tub Time Machine 2 in 2020, 2015, which we saw in theaters. So nice they did it twice. Yep. Rick and Morty 2017, The Public 2018, Mr. Robot 2019, Dirty John, Archer in 2023. I mean, the man's even still working today. I love Christian Slater, and I'm happy to see him. Yeah, he's definitely, he turned himself around. I mean, I think that he got way too much fame way too fast. Yeah. And I think that that's what probably caused him most of his issues. And rounding us out for our top three is Shannon Doherty, who plays Heather Duke. She was on Father Murphy in 1981, The Secret of Nim in 82. And I want to say, finally, someone in this film that didn't have any trouble in their uh, in their history. No, not at all. No, no. Unlike Christian Slater. <laughs> the Little House on the Prairie in 1982, Magna P.I. in 83, Airwolf in 84, Girls Just Want to Have Fun in 85, Highway to Heaven, Our House in 86, Does Heathers in 88, 21 Jump Street in 89. Then, in 1990, she gets Beverly Hills 90210. And that's when she became a household name. 146 episodes of that show. I, I believe it. Yeah. Naked Gun, 33 and a third. Mallrats, 95. Gone in the Night, 96. Sleeping with the Devil in 97. Nowhere. Striking Poses. Charmed in 98. Satan School for Girls in 2000. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back in 01. Hell on Heels, The Battle of Mary Kay in 2002, which I think I need to see. Well, first of all, have you seen uh, the remake of Satan School for Girls? I have not. That was my, Oh, it's pretty good. That was my it, reminder. It was like, I think it was a Lifetime remake because it, it was a made-for-TV movie back. Uh, it was a remake of a made-for-TV TV movie back in that era when made for TV movies were yeah. 
uh, the horror ones were well, surprisingly scary. I think Initiation of Sarah remake was the same year as that. I think that was 2000. I think you're right. Yeah. I think they were done like from the same slate. Yeah. So then Scare Tactics in 2003, because she is, was the host. Which is where I know her most yeah. from, because Scare Tactics was huge when I was a teenager. Yeah. North Shore in 04, Christmas Caper 06, 90210 uh, Revival in 08, Burning Palms in 2010, Sweet 7 2011, Blood Lake Attack of the Killer Lampreys in 2014. I, I know, because James Cullen Bressick directed that, and he's a, a acquaintance of mine. He's a good dude, and yeah. he and uh, and Shannon Doherty are uh, good buddies. That's awesome. So they they met on I forget what project, yeah. and they try to work together every chance they get. The one thing I loved about Attack of the Killer Lampreys is that uh, Christopher Lloyd is playing the mayor from Jaws, basically. Oh yeah, like one hundred percent. So then she's on the Heather's TV series well, in twenty eighteen. It's worth mentioning Attack of the Killer Lampreys. Yeah. Was a B movie produced by Animal Planet. Yep, it was such a fun concept. They just threw that in with all the Animal Planet they uh, did, content. They did two other ones. I want to say because it was Blood Lake and like two other titles that I can't think of. And was one of them Aquarium of the Dead? Uh, might have been. Well, no, I don't know if it was Aquarium of the Dead, but they were all done through Asylum. I yeah, believe. They, yeah, they were all done through Asylum. So then Riverdale in 2019, Fortress in 2021, and Hot Seat in 2022. Uh, Shannon Doherty, I know, also was recently, I believe, diagnosed with, I think, MS, I want to say. Oh, yikes. Like, she's having a rough time right now. But um, a hell of a body of work for the short time even that she really started on screen, to be honest, too. Yeah. No, I mean, she definitely has done a lot. Yeah. So Heather's is, uh, I mean, a cult film to a T. You ready to get into this and, and dissect? Uh, let's do it, but not with a gently with a chainsaw. Not, okay? not gently with a chainsaw. <laughs> so we open as we see the Heather's all enjoying refreshments and they're playing croquet. And that's Heather Duke, who's played by Shannon Doherty. Heather McMara, who's played by Lisa Ann Falk. And the bitch in the lead of this is Kim Walker, Heather Chandler. Wow. Harsh. Well, Why they... are you speaking ill of the dead? <laughs> she ain't dead yet. Soon. <laughs> so they're playing croquet and they're having a great time. And we reveal that Veronica's head is sticking out of the ground as one of the balls rolls towards them. And that's when we find out that Veronica is not happy being a part of the clique. No, no, it's it's symbolic. She's she's dreaming about, yeah. you know, getting bonked on the head by her friends. I actually kind of wish that the movie had, I mean, it did a few of those, but it kind of veered away from the the hyper realistic yeah. uh, imagination moments the yeah. kind of Ally McBeal moments oh absolutely <laughs> that became famous later on uh, I actually really like those I wish they'd done them a little bit more I mean they they kind of I think they only do it like three or four times in the whole film I, I don't even think it's that many I think it might be just two or three because the only the one that I always think of is that dream sequence because that dream sequence is just too oh with, damn good. with the, the the funeral yeah oh yeah it's great yeah. so the group summons Veronica at school the next day because Heather Chandler wants to speak to her and she's asking her to fake a horny love note of, uh, to Martha Dump Truck from Kurt who is the uh, big football player of the school. And, of course, Veronica doesn't want to do it because she has no beef with Martha. And yeah. Martha is, yeah, is pretty sad. much the punching bag of, of this of this school. Like, She's a large young lady. Yeah. So Veronica reluctantly relights it and drops it on her tray. And J.D. catches sight of Veronica in the cafeteria. And also Heather is taking Veronica around because she has to ask all the students this question in regards to what they would do if they got $5 million but found out the aliens were going to destroy the planet in, what, two days? Two days. Yeah, two days. Yeah, which is why I, I, I was so – it was so weird. So many people – are thinking about it, they're gonna spend money, and I'm the only one sitting here like Earth's 
would your money be worth anything yeah. if the world's going to end in two days? But And Veronica steers her to start asking the other students because at first uh, Heather just wants to talk to more of the popular kids. And we get the yeah. answers that are like, well, I'd give it to my father who's a master in stocks. He's a master stockbroker. <laughs> and then and I'd give it to poor people. Poor people. So then they start asking and we get things like, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the one. The one uh, my favorite's the stoner where they're just in the bathroom with the stoners and she goes, what? what? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> So Heather gets convinced to interview the rest of the types, and there's just a montage of them talking to it. Martha, in the meantime, gets the note and goes up to Kirk, who unfortunately just starts laughing in her face with everybody, and she becomes the yeah. laughing stock of the cafeteria. Yeah, it's pretty sad, you know, but on a plus side, he's played by one of the leads of Night of the Demons. Yes, that so, is true. Yeah, yeah. This is true. <laughs> so the cafeteria erupts in laughter except for JD and Veronica, and Heather questions Veronica if she really wants to be a part of this clique because she can see that she's distraught, and the Heathers notice that Veronica is also being eyed by JD from across the cafeteria. That's when uh, Heather McMara tells her who JD is, and they go over as he introduces herself, and uh, JD asks if she is one of the Heathers, and she says, no, I'm a Veronica. And uh, he is dark and brooding. He is dark and brooding. Oh, my gosh. His hair is so jet black yeah. that uh, light cannot escape it. <laughs> it's a dead star on top of his head. So Veronica asks him the same question, and he, or he, she goes to ask him, and she's like, can I ask you a question? It might be stupid. And he's like, there's no such thing as stupid questions. So she asks the $5 million question, and he's like, that's the stupidest question I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> so then he makes an answer of that he would figure out that he He'd probably row out to the lake with a bottle of tequila and his sacks and some Bach and just watch the world end, is what he yeah. basically says. And that's so deep. So deep. <laughs> Meanwhile, a couple foot bl- uh, football players, Kirk and Ram, notice that uh, JD is talking to Veronica, and they do not like that. So they go over to him, and they ask him a very insulting question about, uh, I don't even know how to word it. <laughs> go on. <laughs> the hard F word, if, if uh, they allowed the hard F word in this school. The hard F word. Yes. Which F word is that, David? The three letter one. Or six letter, depending on how you go. Wow, Dave. Jeez. They call him a gay slur. We've all been to high school. A gay slur. You get gay slurred. Yes. That's what the high school experience was back then. And JD comments back by, well, I guess there's no shortage of assholes in here, and they are getting ready to go beat him up. And then JD stands up, drawing a gun, and fires it. Yes, and then it cuts right away to make you think for a moment that maybe he murdered them. But unfortunately, no. He uh, <laughs> not yet, <laughs> not yet. But uh, they, the Heather's, are then talking at Veronica's house as they play croquet, and they say how they were surprised he was only suspended. But Veronica reminds them it was just blanks, which I always love. That. Just blanks in a real gun, yeah, just that he brought to school, school, but just blanks, just blanks. And they're giving Veronica shit because she's clearly interested in him. And Heather makes a brutal cro- uh, croquet move, knocking one of her uh, friends out of the way because uh, one of the Heather's is like, you know, you can either take your two shots or you can knock me out of the way. And she decides to just take the ball and knocks it. Half- she- she knocks Shannon Doherty's character's ball like across the yard. Yeah, across the yard. So Heather reminds Veronica that the Remington party is coming up and that if she blows it, it'll be keggers with the kids all next year. So this is a big deal that they have going up. Veronica's parents then uh, come home and they're sitting down having some pate. So the rest of the girls leave and we get the some of the best exchanges are between her and her parents. Oh, well, they're, they're hilarious, but they're also kind of sad. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> she sits down and her dad is uh, reading a spy novel and he's like, why do I I read these novels and she's like because you're stupid because you're an idiot because yeah, you're an idiot he's yeah like, oh right, right. <laughs> so then she says good uh great pate but i got a motor if i'm gonna make it and uh, heather and veronica are stopping at a convenience store on the way to the remington party and guess who enters if it's not jd and what i like about this scene 
is the fact that the two richest girls yeah. are running to get a Slurpee and some corn, corn nuts. nuts yes. Barbecue. Yes, barbecue. Plain or BQ? BQ. BQ. So, so, yeah, they end up having this, like, loving uh, 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 meat cute yeah. in the convenience, <laughs> store. convenience store as he offers to buy Milady a Slurpee. A Slurpee. And then he talks about how he's traveled a lot. Yeah. He's had to travel around a lot, but how the Zippy Mart or whatever Zippy it's Mart, called yeah. uh, is always wherever. And that's when he reveals that they are in Sherwood, Sherwood Ohio. Ohio, which doesn't exist, but it may as well. Yeah, so he gets uh, her a Slurpee <laughs> and the two of them exit and then they arrive at the Remington party, not JD. This is just Heather and Veronica and Veronica has a voiceover in her journal basically stating that she wants to kill Heather. And through this point, we see kind of a montage of scenes that are showing how the party went. And it wasn't well. No, uh, there's basically a whole lot of drinking yeah. and annoying frat boys and coerced sexual activity. Yes. Uh, which also says a lot about Heather, though. Yeah. Because Heather wants these guys to like her, wants to to make a splash so that she because she's terrified, in my opinion. She's mortified about the idea of not being king Accepted, shit when she yeah. gets to college. Yeah. She's so afraid that when she goes to college, she'll be just like everybody else. And for because, the record, we should state she's only a junior. Yeah, yeah. Because she, she even, she even brags that, you know, I'm yeah. only a junior and I own this and school. And everybody loves me and I own this school. So we see that Veronica is uh, persuaded by a guy to have sex and she tries to deliver a, mo- a monologue to him, but then he just gets so crashed She's like, you don't, you don't yeah. deserve my speech. And she's like, I have a speech I give to my suitors when I'm not really ready. Listen, I've had a really good time. He's like, look, I just want to get laid. She's like, you're not even worth, worth the, the speech. speech. <laughs> and before that, she uh, she was playing with matches and she threw one into a mug of like some papers or whatnot and throws it out into well, the trash can. Well, the mug can. caught on fire because yeah. she realized she was drinking way more alcohol yeah, than liquor, she realized. Yeah. yeah. So she throws the mug out and so there's the trash can fire and that leads us up to the scene where she's just not feeling good. Like she feels like yeah. she's nauseous. She finds Heather in the hallway and she's like, can we go? And Heather's like, what are you crazy? And she's like, I'm going to puke. And she's like, not saying anything. And then all of a sudden just leans forward. <laughs> pukes all over Heather's shoes. Yes. And then they go outside. Yeah. And we get this amazing moment where we see uh, Veronica in front of this trash Burning fire trash can. with this like look on her face of rage. Yeah. And it's so good. So well thought out. And at that moment, uh, she goes from just sort of hating Heather yeah. in her diary, which, by the way, she's always wearing a monocle while yeah. she's writing her she's diary. Writing it, yeah. Great touch. Uh, but now her diary is just straight up like, I want Heather to die. I want Heather I to hate die. Heather. Heather, yeah. all the he- like Heather must be stopped is basically what she says. And Heather tells her that Monday morning she's history because she took her to a party. And what did she get? She got paid in puke. And that's when Winona Ryder <laughs> delivers the line of lick it up, baby. Lick it up. <laughs> Do you even movie? We'll be right back. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Do You Even Movie? So that, we, uh, when she wraps up her journal, J.D. then climbs in Verona's window, surprising her and asking her about a game of crochet. or cro- I keep saying crochet. 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 Dave loves a good game of crochet. Uh, we see them playing. Uh, we, we don't see them playing croquet, but we see 
the balls laid out. The the uh, I can't think. I want to say paddle, but the mallet. Mallets? Mallet. Thank you. The mallets <laughs> are laid out, and a pile of clothes because we found out they played strip croquet. Ah, yes, the classic strip croquet. And JD is very happy. Veronica expresses her desire to kill Heather, but uh, even uh, with telling him that uh, that won't solve anything, but instead she'd rather see her puke. So the next morning they decide to sneak into her house because her family is, I think, visiting grandma or at church. I think they say. Yeah, they're away for some. Some and, uh, very com- convenient reason. Yeah, and she knows that Heather's going to have a hangover, so they sneak into her house, and they're going to concoct her a drink, and uh, Veronica just wants to make her puke. And J.D. immediately is like, what about some Drano? Yeah, he's a, a little rust uh, rust cleaner. A little rust cleaner. So they start making a, a little bit of a cocktail. I think she said it was going to be like milk and Coke and then no, milk and orange juice. it was milk and orange juice Yeah, yeah to make her Ralph. Uh, but while she's getting that ready, J.D. Uh, sneaks off and basically concocts the Drano into a, like a cream uh, dispenser. Yeah. It looked like, uh, or it was just a mug with a lid on yeah. it. Maybe it was for salt or sugar yeah. or something, yeah. Because she takes it, and he's like, um, and realizes she took the one, and doesn't say anything to her. So they yeah. go into her room, and Heather is of like, okay, what a surprise. And Veronica's trying to make peace with her, but uh, accidentally, you know, they end up giving her the, the, the creamer, which is the rust remover. She drinks it and says, corn nuts, and then crashes yeah. through the glass table. A very quick death. Very quick. Very fast. Very but, quick. And very startling because she falls right through a glass table, yeah. glasses everywhere, and at that moment, we may have forgotten to mention what, well, no, we mentioned it briefly. Veronica's superpower, which keeps her uh, loved by the Heathers, is her ability to copy handwriting. Yeah, handwriting. So now, to cover their tracks, yep. you gotta write a suicide note. And that's because JD spots a copy of the Bell Jar Spark Notes on her floor and gets the <laughs> suicide idea. So they're crafting her suicide note, and we see the school board meeting the next day discussing how to handle Heather's suicide. And we meet Mrs. Fleming, who is the art teacher, or I, I, I'm guessing literature teacher. I don't she know. She was some kind of an artsy yeah. teacher. Yeah, yeah. And she's basically saying, you know, we, we need to bring the students and the staff together, but of course, nobody wants to hear it. And they're just like, you know, we're going to give the students their time, but we, we don't have time to deal with this right now. Yeah. And, and, and it should be mentioned that the suicide note was like super high contrived and and super hoity-toity fancy. Uh, No one truly knew me. That's why I must go. And they also have the line about uh, she misspelled myriad on her less vocab test, and that's that's one of the words she uses in the the suicide note. And the the English teacher says, like, she did use the word myriad correctly. (laughs) So the other Heathers and Veronica talk in the locker room about her passing, and we see that um, Heather um, Duke, who is Shannon Doherty's character, uh, she has an issue with bulimia, we found out earlier on, because uh, Veronica helps her puke. And so we just see her going to town on chicken bone. Like, she feels, like, free, and the Heathers are going through her locker, and they give Veronica her swatch because she would want her to have it. And then Veronica because just goes. She, well, because she always said you couldn't accessorize Yeah, couldn't accessorize, yeah. <laughs> so then Veronica just goes over to the shower and just starts standing under the shower in her clothes, which I always love that scene because. It's a really good scene. Yeah, it just it, it just feels like at that point she's just so overwhelmed and just doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Well, there's also that moment when they're all in the classroom together. Yeah. And uh, the, one of the guys is like, I went out with Veronica yeah. a few times and she left. She stopped seeing me because she said I was, was boring. boring. But now I understand she just wasn't happy with herself. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Veronica starts laughing when everybody looks. She goes, ah! yeah, <laughs> turns it into crying. It's so good. It's so good. So she stands under the water, and then uh, we hear them talk about the suicide note. Then we go to JD's house where Veronica and JD are watching all the coverage of Heather's death on TV. And of course, they've noticed that Heather Duke is on multiple channels, so she spoke to multiple TV stations. Oh yeah, no, I mean, and and the the teachers even mention at the beginning of it all, they're like. 
they're like, this can't, we can't just ignore this. She was extremely popular. Yeah. yeah. So they're all having different emotions. And Veronica goes on to admit that uh, she did technically kill Heather Chandler, but at the same time, maybe there is some good coming out of it. And Veronica then meets JD's dad, which is one of the strangest characters in this film. <laughs> I don't know if he was strange. I think that their relationship is just clearly like, adversarial yeah because like jd talks to him like he's the like he's the kid and the father talks to him like he's the dad they do a role reversal because he walks and he goes hey son how was school and he goes uh good dad how was work yeah it's it's very it's kind of endearing until you see how that it's really just that they they're basically telling the other how they wish they would act yeah which is pretty harsh well we also need to mention that jd's dad is in demolition of buildings well he's he's uh, uh, sort of. Yeah, sort he's, of. He's in. He's in the the real estate. The business real estate business, and has done some things. Some that, very shady things. S- some well, shady here. Maybe not in Palestine. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um. <laughs> why did I say that? I don't know. Oh, but you did. Dave meant it. Oh Jesus! So Veronica excuses herself because they're having her favorite uh, spaghetti with lots of oregano. Lots of oregano. And uh, Veronica goes to meet with her parents, and they're discussing Heather's suicide, and they ask when they're going to meet J.D., and she says, great pate, but I got a motor if I'm going to make the funeral. So now we're at Heather's funeral. I love that she always says, got a motor. Got a motor, yeah. And always says, great pate. I love that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, because that's the thing is that everything in her life is repetitive. Yeah. Except J.D. Mm Mm-hmm. JD is the newness. Yeah. He's different. He's different from everybody. He wants to do different things. Now, unfortunately, doing different things apparently is starting to be... An awful lot of murder. Murder. Murder is murder is his his talent, I would say, or his hobby, if not both. <laughs> I mean, I would say he's good at it. Yeah. <laughs> so at the funeral, uh, the priest played by the late great Glenn Shaddix is going on and expressing about how young people need to stop with their MTV and turn to Jesus for all the says, answers. He says that what's to blame is MTV video, video games. games. Which is even better. So I guess he's specifically only referring to the Beavis and Butthead game. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So he's talking about how they need to turn to Jesus for all their answers and talks about Heather's suicide notes and points out all these things. So then we get to see a little montage of each student going up and having a voiceover as they're over Heather's corpse. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Voiceover because they're they're praying praying, to God. They're praying to God. And they, they range from like, you know... They're all selfish. They're all selfish. Uh, My favorite is Ram. Oh, yeah. Because he's just like, uh, God, like, why'd you have to take such a hot piece of snatch? (laughs) And then he's like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, Anyway, yeah, like, it's so funny. He says, I'm just kidding, like, twice, because he makes two, like, (laughs) crass comments in his prayer. So they're all having different emotions, and then Veronica goes up, and she admits that, you know, I I didn't technically kill Heather, but who am I kidding? You know, God, I hope you can forgive me for this, and, you know, I hope Heather rest in peace. And uh, then we see outside that there's two nerds walking past Kurt and Ram, and one of them steps on the foot, and uh, they- Well, we should mention real quick, Shannon Doherty's Heather. Oh, yeah. Uh, Real quick, her response is, she just says, like, God, I know I prayed for Heather's death a lot again and again and again. And now you, uh, now, now you she's delivered. dead. Yeah. So I really like. Thank you, God. Like, which, which is just so telling of where she's headed. So, oh, yeah. But now, yes, yeah, so they're outside. Then one of the nerds steps, steps on, on the jock's foot. foot. He flips him off and tells him to sit and spin. And that's when he gets chased. And they just start beating on them and also making him admit that he likes to suck dick, which is one of my favorite no. lines. No, 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 no. Makes him likes to suck big, big dicks. dicks. And then he goes, "All right, all right." 
You like to suck, suck big dicks. dicks. And then they just beat the shit <laughs> out of him. JD rides past and they both exclaim, uh, exchange uh, glances. And Heather convinces Veronica to go hang out with Bran tonight because he's so good at you know dealing with the emotions and being there for her. And Veronica makes the comment of, I really just hope we don't end up in a, in a pasture tipping cows. And smash cut. That, That's exactly that, what they're that, doing. And that was the first time I felt like this actually cared about its Ohio setting. Yeah. Look, I'm from Ohio. We have cities. We have big cities. We have a lot going on. Uh, but there is cow tipping going on there as is. well. And and Double D here, I mean, he's from a more country. I'm yeah. from the city, actually. Yeah. And Dave's from more we of the, way more the, farm the rural and area. Yeah. And uh, I'm shocked that you won't admit you went cow tipping. I've never been cow tipping. I know several friends who have gone cow tipping, but I have never gone. You want to name them? No. Right now? <laughs> There's. I, I think the statute of limitations on cow tipping is four years. Four years, is that yeah. what it is? <laughs> so Heather convinces Veronica to go hang out with them. We smash cut to them, and of course they tip the cow, and manure just flies all over Veronica yep. and Heather. And uh, JD actually stops by, and he kind of, and he he's kind of put off at first because he's like, "Why are you hanging out with these with these well, people?" Well, it's a double date, yeah, and with, she, with the Heather's, yeah. And, and but here's the thing that is worth mentioning that the movie, because it is a very black comedy, yeah. Literally, Heather is out in the background with her, oh my god, yeah, boat, and he is just straight up date raping yeah. her. He is just like holding her arms down. She's fighting and struggling, and no one's reacting. In any way well, to it, they're just kind of like what you know. Ram whatever. tried to talk to Veronica, like trying to be like all smooth, but he's so drunk he can't really even get his words yeah, out. Yeah, no, well, I, I don't think he could when he wasn't yeah, drunk. He, that's uh, fair. That boy was not going to school uh, to study; he was going to school to throw the old pigskin. So uh, JD invites her for a slushie, so they ride off together. At school the next day, they're going over the school newspaper, and Veronica walks in for a lunchtime poll, but also finds out they're doing a whole two-page layout. For Heather. And the su- they have the suicide note featured, and they're like, you know, do you have some art that you can contribute? And she's like, this is a little morbid, well, isn't it? Well, he asks if she has any poems, poems or things that Heather wrote. Heather wrote, yeah. Because Heather was, uh, you know, a real brain trust. Yeah. And she also finds out that Kurt is spreading rumors that him and Ram had a sword fight in her mouth last night. And for those who don't understand, David, would you please uh, make sure people know what that means? No. Fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, so they're spreading rumors that they had some kind of a uh, menage a three. Yeah. Uh, and, and Heather is, of course, mortified. Yeah. But... This hatches a scheme. It does indeed. She calls, uh, which which was uh, uh, Kurt. Kurt. Kurt is who she, she calls. She calls Kurt and tells him that she's been thinking about that. All those things that he said he did that she wants to do them. She wants to. So she wants to meet him and Ram yep. out behind the school at dawn. Dawn. Which, by the way, uh, if a woman ever told me they wanted to meet me at dawn, I would just assume I'm going to die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would too. I mean, for real. So, <laughs> so JD then reveals that uh, they they're gonna basically scare them, uh, but they're not gonna use blanks this time. They're gonna use Gulliger, not Gulliger. Um, <laughs> yeah, Gulliger. I don't remember what something he called like them. that. Uh, some bullcrap, bullshit, made up thing that these bullets <laughs> were developed in World War Two. Yeah, and his grandfather snatched a few. Yeah, and that supposedly they just break the skin. Yeah. And scary. I think. Well, I think he said they have blood effects. I think that, that they 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 tranquilize and they have blood effects. I think is what he said. Uh, I think he said that they just break the skin, but then they don't penetrate. Yeah, they don't. Penetrate. So it looks like you've been shot. Yeah. When in reality, you're just hurt a little bit. So he, which is the dumbest thing dumbest I've ever thing. heard. So he tells her this, and Veronica, believing him, agrees to go along with it. As JD shows her also the supplies he's bringing along, and he's going to stage it that Ram and Kurt are gay lovers that couldn't be together. And and in there he has gay porn. Yep. Uh, but then also things like, like, um, uh, well, the, the funniest one the funniest is the one. Mineral, water. mineral water, just a bottle of mineral water. And, and she's like, mineral water. It's like, yeah. And she's like, 
come on, that's come a long way. Yeah, he's everybody like, drinks he's like, middle water. He's like, hey, this is, Ohio. this is Ohio. If you're not holding a brewski, you may as well be wearing a dress, <laughs> yes. which is a great line. It's such a great is. line, yeah. So the next day in the woods, Ram and Kurt meet her, and she has them stand in a circle. She has two circles apart from her, and she has which them stand. Which may as well have been a big Acme act. No shit, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, you know, go ahead and strip. And he's like, well, what about you? And she's like, well, I thought you could rip my clothes off. And they're so like, <laughs> they're all into it. So then uh, she's like, okay, uh, at the count of three. So she starts counting down, and on three, JD pops out from the tree, shooting Kurt right in the throat, dropping him to the ground. Veronica pulls out her gun, firing, and misses Ram, and Ram goes running off. And JD is like, "You missed him," and she's like, "Yeah, it's fine. We just scared him." No, and yeah, she's like, "It's fine. It was worth it to see this look on his face." Yeah. So now he has to chase him down because it's obvious this is a murder. This is a murder. And now, as he's running off, she notices Ram is dead he's as a dead. door fuck. Dead. I mean, he is he is gonzo. And I forgot that this part. I forgot this part in regards to her being being the murderer on the second one too because so he chases Ram and Ram makes his way back around to Kurt's body and that's when he tells her shoot and so she kills both she, or she kills him and they yeah. kill the other so they both did each well well that was in order to in order to make it look like a murder suicide yeah. you had to make it because the idea is that they shot each other yeah. so it was like a mutual suicide so they had two different guns yeah so one had to be shot by one gun and one had to be shot by the other yep so now, as soon as that happens, we reveal two cops yes. are sitting in a cop car smoking, smoking weed. weed. And they're like, no, I'm pretty sure that was a gunshot. Yeah. So they run out to go check it out. They find the two dead jocks. Yep. And one of them <coughs> thinks he hears something. He hears them. And we see Veronica and JD running off. And he chases them for a little bit, but he never catches sight of them. They make it back to the station wagon, climb in and make it look like they're making out. And the cop comes to him and he's like, hey, you better get back here. He's like, I, I, I found something. And that's when he comes back yeah, and he reveals like, and, the well, mineral well, water. Then, then he, remember, he says he's like he's like I think uh, he's like stop chasing. I think I figured I figured out exactly what was going on yeah. here. And then he walks up, he holds up, he's like mineral Look at water. This mineral. He goes, they were facts. <laughs> Sorry, that's what he says. That's what he says. Yes, they, that is the term he, in the film. Just, what? And, and and that's <laughs> just the fact that that's exactly what the mineral water yeah. said before he looked at any of like the gay stuff. And and they also put like lady singers, yeah, to, uh, music the, the, and stuff. Yeah, the, and, the postcard from uh, a Judy Garland or something like that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's like really, really silly. So the next day, Veronica and JD are asleep in the car, or maybe it's that. Maybe it's later that morning. I think about it. So they're asleep in the car in the parking lot of the high school, and uh, she's coming to terms with the fact that they they've just committed murder. And JD is more accepting of it. Veronica's not. She actually takes the car lighter and burns her hand to make sure she's not dreaming. Yeah, and then he, as any romantic gentleman would do. Yep. Lights his cigarette off of her burnt off her hand. burned off her burn. So uh, she uh, realizes she's not dreaming, and JD reminds her that she did it. She wanted to believe it, so she did. And he, she argues that that's not what she wanted. And they have this really ridiculous back and forth of did not, did too, did, did not, not, did too. And of course, the two Veronica or the two uh, Heather's walk up, and they see them fighting. And that's when uh, they're informed that school is canceled today because of the discovery of Kurt and Ram's body. Because Kurt and Ram killed each other. They were gay lovers. Gay lovers. So at the funeral, Kurt's body, uh, Kurt's dad confesses that he loves his dead gay son, and they have the caskets next and, to each other. Not just have their caskets next to each other, yeah, but they're in their full football, football regalia with their helmets on. Yep, and it's a scene stealing <laughs> yeah. moment where he does. I love my homosexual son. I love, I love my, my dead, dead gay, gay son. son. It's a really great scene. Um, and then a really important moment, yes. though, is after he says that. Christian Slater's character leans over to Veronica and says, like, do you think he'd care if his son had a limp wrist if it still had a pulse? Yeah. And Veronica laughs. laughs. And as she's laughing, 
a little girl who was probably the little sister of sister, one of the guys yeah. who died because yeah. she's like an eight-year-old girl turns and looks at the laughing person with a face full of tears. Yeah. And at that moment, Veronica realizes this is real. Yeah, this is real. This isn't a go. game. This isn't a joke. Yeah. These are real lives. Yes, you may not like these people. Yeah, they might be dumb or whatever, but like killing them is not the answer. Something I have often said in public situations where people are getting in fights with each other, especially when I was younger and would hang out at bars and shit. When people would get really shitty with each other, I would go, hey, hey, just take a breath. And remember, they got like a mom and dad. Yeah. Like they are just like you. I, you know, I sound like my fucking stepdad. My stepdad would do stuff like that. If, if, if you got out of hand, he's like, hey, hey, here's a perspective. And you'd be like, oh, yeah. Like even when I was five or six, he, yeah. he would just he would just slam that down, and you'd be like, "Oh!" And sometimes you need that. I mean, and and, and unfortunately, I've become the world's Hispanic <laughs> stepdad. So, uh, but no, that's something I've done. Like when people have gotten into big arguments about politics, especially yeah. or something, I'm like, "Hey, hey, 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 hey!" You may not like them and everything, yeah. But like someone loves them, yeah. Like they just like you. If they died, somebody would be very sad. Your mother would cry. Their mother would cry. Yeah. So just like take a breath and go do something else. With your friggin' day. Yeah. Do you even movie? We'll be right back. Welcome back to Do You Even Movie? So Veronica journals about the effects of the situation being not what she expected, and she ends it with, am I going to prom or hell? I love that line. <laughs> That's a good line. Well, that and, uh, and the, the line about, I'm going to have to send my SAT scores yeah, to SAT San, Quentin San Quentin yeah. instead of Princeton. So back in the school board office, the school decides they're going to listen to Mrs. Fleming, and they're going to go forward with the discussion of bringing the students and the staff together to come together for the suicide talk. At lunch the next day, Pauline Fleming tries to bring the students together as a TV crew rushes into the cafeteria. All the students are joining hands. Oh. Oh, the TV crews cannot get enough of it. Cannot it, get it's enough. It's so telling of what many of us have kind of learned about media yeah. in the last 10 years. Yeah. Which is, I mean, if it bleeds, it leads. It bleeds, it leads. So you got these uh, these mostly white affluent kids yeah. all crying and sobbing. It's like, get those cameras right yep. in their faces. Right in their faces. Everybody wants to see this. Everybody. And of course, JD comes in and he's really pleased with himself. He asks Veronica, is it as good for him? And she's just taking in everything from the crowd, and she's just mortified. Like, this is not what she wanted at all. She's like, this. they're even more popular now that we've killed them. When I agreed to commit murder, I thought it would be different. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. <laughs> she walks out of the cafeteria. Later at JD's house, Veronica confronts JD about what they've started, and his dad comes home showing him a video of one of his most recent demolitions, and he talks about how he put a igniter in the bottom that hit the other two to make the building go down. Yeah. There was an igniter and then the uh, I can't thermal, uh, yeah, like thermal charge, thermal or something. charge, yeah. yeah. And, and and at that point, we're getting a big foreshadow, yeah. And also, freaking JD's grin. Well, and you, you know, you look at that moment uh, where basically what Veronica is being disgusted by is is now <laughs> these kids were so liked, yeah, that suicide has become cool, a trend. A, a trend to the point where people are, may start copying. Yeah, it, exactly. Which is a real concern. Um, when let's let's get dark. Okay. When you were in school, did any of your students uh, die by suicide? We had one. Yeah. Yeah, we had one. And what what happened uh, they, in the school? I mean, yeah. They, I don't need to know the details no, no, no. of somebody dying. Um, but. 
they 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 had they had a half day basically because the other half of the day was reserved for the counselors to go around and talk to students that were either directly affected whether they were friends or whether they were acquaintances and whatnot. Um, but they did a lot of internal discussion with with most of the students that wanted to talk, and then they also made it available that if uh, students just weren't able to to contend with the day, they could also leave for that day too. Yeah. In my school, we had a we had a hanging, which was claimed to be accidental, but it most likely was, was not. not. Yeah, and um, yeah, there's the real risk of a domino effect. Yeah, of kids because kids are complicated. You know, if you want to know anything about children, and I don't have children, but I was a lonely kid, and I was a kid that needed uh, adult attention. Yeah, very badly, and I can tell you right now. Everything about kids is the Karate Kid. Mm -hmm. What is the Karate Kid? It is simply a movie about what happens when an adult takes interest in a child. Yeah. That's all it is. It doesn't matter that it's about Kung Fu. Yeah. What really mattered was Miyagi Miyagi. cared about Daniel. Yeah. And I love that movie. Yeah. and, and, And I love that even in Cobra Kai. That's still the point. Still the point. Yeah. It absolutely is. Adults taking interest in children. Yeah. So- when kids feel lost, when they feel like they have no way out, yeah, um, and then they see that others who took their own lives got loving uh, tributes and all this stuff, they start thinking yeah. in that way. And I can say I, my life was, was rocked by a suicide. Um, I'll never be the same after losing my best friend to suicide. Yeah. Um, it's the worst thing you can do to the people you love. That absolutely is. Um, it's the worst thing. And uh, that's, that's why I would uh, I, you know, I'd like even when people say like, well, what if you were like horribly ill? I'm like, I don't know. I still don't think I'd do it because I just remember the way it made everybody feel when, yeah. uh, when it happened to me and my, my family. So uh, not to get super heavy. I'm yeah. just saying like, but suicide is – it's such a powerful thing that it ripples through everything. Oh, it ripples through families. It ripples through communities. It ripples through all of it because we've all at some point had a dark thought or two. Yeah. So we, we all identify with that momentary desire to be like, I just wish I didn't have to do this anymore. Yeah. I just wish I didn't have to wake up tomorrow. So it's a real fear in schools. And now this school is having – you know, two more suicides pop up, and yeah. they're also really popular kids. All within a week's time, it's basically. It's really, really bad news for this well-off school. Yeah, so J.D.'s dad shows this demolition video and describes it to him. We just see kind of J.D. get this big grin on his face, and uh, his dad leaves, takes the tape with him, and that's when J.D. reveals that his mom walked into one of the buildings two minutes before the demolition went off right in front of her father, like, and wa- like waved to J.D. Yeah, which is... <sighs> yeah. Yeah, she literally chose to die the way this guy was, you know, uh, bullying the world, basically. And we get to see J.D. start to really break because on the radio, one of the most popular songs played by the band Big Fun, which is a a fictional band in the movie, but they're doing a song called Teenage Suicide, Don't Do It. It comes on the radio and J.D. turns it up, celebrating it first, and then takes out his gun and blows the radio away. Yep, very Elvis-like. Very (laughs) Elvis-like. So Veronica tells JD they're breaking up, and she tries to leave, but JD starts kissing on her and making out with her, but she breaks free, telling him to don't come to school and don't mess with me. If you're going to do this, like just stay home and be crazy with yourself, basically. Which is a great moment. Uh, But, of course, 
there's that there's also that moment where it's like, yeah, I'm sure he's reasonable enough to take that. Yeah. So we next see JD at school talking to uh, Heather Duke, Shannon Doherty's character, and he has a picture of her and Martha Dump Truck as kids because they were friends. JD admits that he's blackmailing her, but not for her money because she offers him a week of her lunch money. He wants her to step up as the new Heather Chandler. And at this moment, uh, Shannon Doherty's Heather becomes... Uh, starts politicking the school. Yeah. Um, he has her... Old bow is... He gives her the old bow as a gift, like, for, for the Heather look. And he also gives her a petition because Big Fun wants to play a prom. They just need a bunch of signatures from the students. And she goes around lying about what the signatures are for, yeah. gets all the signatures for him. But now... All of a sudden, he's basically her campaign manager. Yeah. No, he he's absolutely. the one feeding her things to do. Yeah. And meanwhile, all this is happening. Uh, I believe we're coming up on dump truck, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, please take it. So later that night, Veronica calls Betty, one of her old friends over, played by Renee Estevez, mind you. I love that Renee Estevez. We actually saw Betty earlier in the film. She was one in the cafeteria that Veronica got to talk for the million dollar question first. And she questions uh, why Veronica isn't going to knock her ball out of the way in the game of croquet. And she's like, you know, it's not my style. And then she encourages her to do it right as she does it. The Heathers walk up. And we established earlier that they were good friends when they were little kids. Yeah. But they grew apart. And that's something I want to mention real quick. Um and I like how I'm going to extend the show as my voice is failing. <laughs> but uh, you went to a pretty small school district, right? Smallish, yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing, did you only have one elementary school? Uh, no, we have multiple elementary really? schools. Really? Yeah, we have. Uh, so there was one. Uh, there's four, five technically because wow. one, the one got tra- changed into a sixth grade building. So the elementaries are now uh, K, K well, through five. So, well, my point is that when. Uh, I, I didn't think that they, you'd have that big of a school. Yeah. So my point is that you had this thing happen in in bigger areas where uh, when you got to middle school or junior high, or whatever, uh, everything gets pushed. Everybody gets pushed together in one building. Yeah. And all of a sudden there's a flood of brand new people. Yeah. And it really kind of forced you to grow out of friendships pretty quickly. It absolutely does. Yeah. Um, okay. I didn't know if we would have that in common, but yeah. yeah so there, there were a lot of friends I had that I remember it was like, oh, we were friends back when we went to elementary together. But then once middle school happened, there were just so many more kids and, and you'd get separated by classes yeah. too. It didn't matter if you were the same age, you might never see each other anymore. Yeah. And uh, that's what I kind of got the vibe about her and Renee Estevez's character. Absolutely. So the Heathers show up yeah. and, and immediately- uh, Renee's uh, Estevez's Betty, character yeah. Betty is is out of there because the Heather's are mean. Yep, and uh, we cut to Martha Dump Truck alone in the gym, and she's drinking a soda, and it it just rolls right all over her, and she just looks completely defeated. Veronica then finds her mother and father inside, watching coverage of the schools together in this program, and we cut together to see Martha walking into traffic with a suicide note taped to the front of her uh, chest. Veronica goes and shuts the TV off confronting her mom because she's like, you know, this isn't this isn't what you guys think it is. Like, this isn't something that you should be watching because this is a big issue. This is why aren't we like talking about this more, basically? Yeah. And and why are we just making this like it's a it's like we're almost celebrating it. Yeah. And her mom and her go back and forth for a little bit. And I can't remember the line that she delivers. It's really good about people. Um Oh, she says that uh, children uh, or teenagers always want to be treated like adults, but in but generally that's in reaction to actually being treated being like, like adults. Troll. Yeah, being like adults. <laughs> so uh, then we find out from Martha or from Heather Duke that Martha's suicide attempt wasn't successful, and that she laid literally in front of the street waiting for cars to go over her. And she says that she's trying to imitate the popular people of the school, causing Veronica to slap Heather Duke. Yeah, slaps her a good one. Slaps her a good one. And, and now she's got an ice pack on her cheek. Yeah, and uh, she. Oof. 
uh, so they're so they're sitting in her room, and she's apologizing to her, and uh, that's when they realize that Hot Problems is a radio show that's on that uh, these students call Hot in probs. at Hot Probs. Yeah, excuse me. So her and Heather listen as they hear Heather McMara call in trying to give a fake name, and she eventually decides on Tweety because she looks at a bird in her room. Yeah, but she first says her name is Heather. Yeah. And then she says all of her life is falling apart. The last boy she slept with turned out to be gay and yeah. died and killed himself. Uh, all of this stuff. I hope to be the head cheerleader, and now that's not going to happen. Yeah. And meanwhile, Veronica's mortified, yeah. and Heather is thrilled. Thrilled. She's like, I'm going to crucify her tomorrow, and she does, because we immediately cut to the next day, and poor little Heather is written on the board in the classroom, and Veronica's voiceover tells us that Heather told the entire school about her call-in. Yeah. And we just see that like Heather is so distraught at her desk. So Veronica realizes that nothing has changed, and she realizes that Heather has also left the classroom, so she chases after her, and we see that Heather is trying to commit suicide via pills in the bathroom. She stops her, and I love Heather's line where she goes, uh, what are you trying to do, kill me? And Veronica goes, what are you trying to do, sleep? Yeah, because she took a mouthful of sleeping pills. Yeah. So she convinces <laughs> Heather not to do it, showing her friendship. It's a really sweet scene. Heather actually leans her head on her shoulder, and you kind of see the two come together. Yeah, it's a really sweet moment, and one of the moments where you start to realize Veronica is kind of coming full circle. Yeah, she is. So meanwhile, JD is burning photos of Dump truck and Heather and uh, Martha telling her that the teenage suicide band wants the prom to play. He gives her the list and for the students to sign, and we see her signing them in a montage. That's when Heather is then found by Veronica, who tells her the students have all signed. And Veronica reveals that you know you did it with fake things, like you told them that it was going to be a pop machine in the lounge and all a this hot stuff. tub in the, hot in tub, the, the in yeah. cafeteria. Yeah. So she asks uh, Veronica, like, or she asks uh, uh, Heather what her deal is, and Heather basically states that she reveals it was JD's idea, and she questions the jealousy because of her and JD talking about it and whatnot. Veronica goes to hit her one more time, but she stops her, and JD comes down from the steps asking Veronica if she wants to go out. Veronica confesses that she, at that point she is thinking about killing Heather Duke, but she can't do it, and JD says that he's way ahead of her. She elbows him away from her and tells her that it's over, and JD begs for her to come back as Veronica walks away. Yep, and now Veronica is on the warpath to stop the madness. Yes, she is. So yeah. Veronica comes home to find JD has told her parents about the concern that he has that she's going to kill herself, and her dad even gives her a letter revealing that JD has perfected Veronica's handwriting. Yeah, which that is, is terrifying. Yeah. So scary. And, and they basically say, like, we can't allow you to be around sharp objects or uh, prescription medicine yeah. or closed garage doors. Do you even movie? We'll be right back. Welcome back to Do You Even Movie? So she goes up to her room and she finds a doll with a big fun t-shirt that uh, has a noose around it. And uh, we see JD outside the house smoking a cigarette waiting. He sneaks into her room reading a passage from Moby Dick because one of the things we forgot to mention is that as Heather leaves that second time, she gives her copy of Moby Dick to him saying that she doesn't need it anymore. Yeah, and, and he decides he's going to highlight certain elements of Moby Dick yeah. to make that her suicide note. Yes. So that it'll be clear that Moby Dick is full of highlighting of sad things and, and stuff like that. And Veronica just wants the madness to end. Well, I love it because uh, she's she's just in the fetal position on her bed and JD comes in and she's like, get the fuck off my bed, you psycho. Yeah. <laughs> well, it took her long enough, but fair. Yeah, so he sneaks into her room reading the passage. Veronica calls JD a uh, psychotic and he says, I embrace it. JD goes down to the kitchen because he's looking for a knife because they're going to slit Heather Duke's wrist. And that's when he gets into this whole little dialogue that he has in regards to the world's a shitty place and that we're doing the good work for people. And we see him immediately go to a bedroom where Heather Duke is passed out. He shuts the door, and he does it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. So we cut to uh, Heather's funeral, and we see the priest from before played by Glenn Shaddix, and he's holding up his copy of Moby Dick and stating, like, you know, the underlining of Moby Dick and how it led to her demise. And we see all the funeral attendees as Veronica enters are all wearing white gowns and 3D glasses. Yes, it, it's it's clear that it's a spectacle. Yes. But it's like an impressionist artistic spectacle. Yeah. And, and at that point, I mean, everything is surreal. Yeah. She's laying in a bed full of, or a coffin full of what looks Easter to me grass. like Easter, egg, yeah. or Easter basket grass. Yeah. And she's then greeted by the original by, by Heather, Heather Chandler. Died. Heather Chandler comes up to her and she's commenting on the low attendance, saying that she had at least 70 more at her funeral. And uh, she says, the afterlife is so boring. But then she lifts up this pot of holy water and she says, by the way, I made your favorite spaghetti with a lot of oregano and takes Veronica's head, shoves it in, revealing that it's all a nightmare as Veronica wakes up. Which makes sense that it would be a nightmare. (laughs) So Veronica uh, wakes up and she goes to her journal saying that she's going to stop JD. We then see JD sneak into her room and finds Veronica hanging from the ceiling. And now is when business picks up. Business picks up. He finds her body hanging there. He starts confessing to her that he had hoped that he could turn. Her around. He was going to kill her. He, he, he says, "I mean, I mean, it came in here to kill you, but well, I didn't think you're going to do I, it if I couldn't get you to, you know, yeah. team up with me." Then he admits that what he's really planning, yes, is to demolish the school because what everybody signed was actually mass suicide, a mass note. suicide note, and and his whole thing is this is going to start a revolution. Yeah. The entire world will see that one entire school said they will not participate in this empty-headed society and blah 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 a blah. Woodstock for the eighties. A Woodstock for the eighties, and my lord, I mean so. Uh, downstairs her mother calls to her for dinner and JD sneaks out her mom enters and sees her hanging and she's like I guess I should let you get that job at the mall Veronica's head snaps up her reason she's like but I was afraid you'd come home really late at night so Veronica's head snaps up revealing that it was a fake out we see that she's actually got the linens tied around her so it was never around her neck she had a harness around her waist to keep her from actually hanging on her neck so uh, that's when we see that JD is in his room his dad calls to him and he tells him not right now sport he's kind of busy as we see him taping dynamite sticks together yes and now now, uh, boy, howdy. School's what a finale. Out. So here we go. Veronica rolls into the school as uh, the Fleming uh, states that J- uh, Mrs. Fleming states that uh, JD said she committed suicide. We see JD then enter with a giant bag and he makes his way up the steps as she hides. Watching him, JD goes into the bathroom, takes out one of the taped up uh, plastics and puts it near the toilet. And we see him uh, sneak out as Veronica's following him. She gets to a really cool shot that I've always loved about this, the empty hallway. Oh, yeah, yeah, very, very cool. She comes to the empty hallway, and she's just looking around. There's no one. Either they're in classes or they're getting ready to be dismissed. And uh, we then see that JD has made his way out to the gym, and he's taping explosives there as well under the bleachers. Because his plan is to get them when they all go to do the pep rally. To the pep rally. So we see him setting the timer. Verona talks to Rodney, figuring out that JD is rigging more explosives in the boiler room because she finds out the boiler room's below the gym. She confronts him in the basement, pointing a gun at him and calling uh, him out for doing a demolition just like his dad did. Yeah, yeah, daddy's boy. So she confronts him with the gun, and uh, JD tries to get the gun from her, knocking her out briefly and then the process he goes over to the boiler room and begins more prep putting more explosives everywhere we see a bomb has one minute and 44 seconds as veronica comes to finding jd she ambushes him with a fire extinguisher jd fights her and plants a kiss on her and she kicks him running to grab the gun again jd just asks, is it uh is this the thing that she wants or just because she thinks she stopped it or started it does she think that she can end it yeah, well, and he's still hoping that she's drinking his Kool-Aid. Yeah. She, he really thinks she is. 
So she asks how to turn off the bomb. JD flips her off and tells her fuck you, and he loses that middle finger as she, she fires that. She shoots his middle finger off in one of the best moments of the movie. Yeah. To me, I was just like, holy hell yeah. Yeah. So JD suddenly emerges, or, or JD uh, goes down on the ground, and he she uh, is like, how do I turn the bomb off? And he's like, try the red button, revealing that all three buttons are red buttons. Yes, all three red buttons. So he goes, you know what, if you really want to stop it, that's the middle one. And she shoots him and goes, you know what I really want? Cool guys like you staying out of my life. And she shoots him again. <laughs> yes. So JD goes to the ground. Veronica exits the school and she's just beat up. She's got a, a stains all over her, a dirt and everything and blood. And we see JD suddenly just stumble out telling her he's impressed. She really fucked him up pretty bad and she has power that he didn't uh, count on. And uh, we then see that he has now the bomb strapped to him. Yeah, he now has that timer strapped to him. He sets it for 45 seconds. Yep. He walks out into the front of the lawn Telling of the her the slate is clean. Slate is clean. And then he gives himself a nice Jesus. He yeah. puts his arms out wide. And he asks Veronica, like, if you knew that you were going to die, what would you do? And she just goes into her pocket, pulls, pulls a out a cigarette. Because she's just going to watch this fucker go. Yeah. yeah, she doesn't. That's one of my favorite things. She doesn't turn away for a second. Yeah. She just watches him explode. Yeah, so JD readies and he's blown up right in front of the school. The pep rally going strong is rocked by the explosion as we see Veronica grinning as smoke is just now, all around her. And this is worth mentioning. So we don't see him explode. He we explodes don't. off camera. Yeah. And when we come back to her, it's almost it's almost Looney Tunes. Oh, it's, like it's she's so got Looney soot Tunes. all over her face yeah. and she's just standing there. And I think the cigarette's half burned. I think that's no, the no, first the cigarette's time. burned all, all the, the way, way to the all the way to the Okay, I thought so, yeah. <laughs> so the school just starts rushing out. She goes in finding Heather Duke, uh, who tells her she looks like hell and she says, Thanks, just got back. She turns Heather around, removing the bow from her, and tells her there's a new sheriff in town. Veronica then uh, then goes up to Martha, who is on a scooter with a neck brace, and she says, You know, prom's next week, you want to get some videos, pop some popcorn and just hang out. Martha says she would like that, and the end credits start rolling as we see the two walk down the hallway together. And I love that Martha's just kind of driving around. Yeah, she her. does like a she circles her a little yeah. bit. It makes her laugh. And that is yeah. Heather's from 1988. What a film! What a ride! It really is just the the. I remember the first time I watched it, I was just kind of shocked of the the places that it goes. Well, it's dark. It's yeah. very, very dark. Black comedy to to the to the T. <laughs> yeah, no, it is a dark, dark comedy. Um, and I would say it's played. I don't think it's played for laughs as much as uh, I was expecting. Yeah, and I could definitely see that because I think uh, as the mo- I think as the movie goes, because I, once once the first death happens with with Heather Chandler, it's it's so kind of comedic in the way that she goes down because it's so quick and also just like oh shit, no, she's dead. Yeah. And then from there, it's just like once the deaths start happening, you're like, this is this is where this is going. Like, we're, oh, yeah. we're, we are on a ride. So would you like to know some fun things about the movie? Uh, I don't believe anything is fun anymore. Opened in theaters in March 31st, 1989. $3 million budget. What do you think the box office was? Uh, not great. $1 million. Wow. Man, you'd think at least Winona Ryder and Christian Slater could get a little bit more than that. You'd Jeez. think. In the original version of the script, JD successfully blows up Westerberg High, and the final scene features a surreal prom gathering of all the students in heaven. Executives at New World Pictures agreed to finance the film, but they disliked the dark ending and insisted that it be changed. That is a very dark ending, because he does at one point say the only place where people who are this different can get along is in heaven. heaven. Yeah. 
So Winona Ryder, who was 16 at the time, filming and badly wanted to get the part, begged Waters to cast her as Veronica, even offering to work for free. Waters at first did not think Ryder was pretty enough, and Ryder herself commented all the time, I didn't look that different from any character in Beetlejuice. I was very pale. I had blue, black-dyed hair. I went to Macy's, to Beverly Center, and had them do a makeover on me. Ryder's agent was so opposed to her pursuing the role that she got down on her hands and knees and begged Ryder not to take it. (laughs) Holy shit! Warning her that it would ruin her career. Eventually, she was given the role. Brad Pitt read for the role of JD, but was rejected. Christian Slater reports throwing a big tantrum and tossing his script in the trash after assuming he'd bombed the audition. He was signed to play JD shortly after Ryder was cast, uh, stating later he channeled Jack Nicholson in the film. No. (laughs) Principal photography took 33 days beginning in July of 88 on a budget of $3 million. Although set in Ohio, filming was done entirely in Los Angeles. No. Originally, the book that suicidal students supposedly underlined meaningful passages from was Catcher in the Rye. The producers could not get permission from J.D. Salinger to use the book. It was changed to Moby Dick because Herman Melville's works are all public domain. I mean, that that checks out. The name Heather is said 90 times throughout the film. (laughs) Well, I mean... There are three main characters named Heather. And finally, Jim Carrey, Judd Nelson, and Jason Bateman were considered for the role of JD. I could see all of them doing it. Yeah. Um, Now, the real question is, but would all of them be pretending to be Jack Nicholson? Probably not. That's too bad. And you made a good point when we were watching. You were like, like, how do you think it'd be if Jack Nicholson Nicholson was was him? And I was like, that'd be weird because he'd be like 45, but... So, uh, final thoughts on Heather's, Henrik. Oh, goodness. Well, I... I definitely really liked it. Um, getting to revisit it and like really focus on it. I think it's very funny. I think that the screenplay really nailed a lot of the elements of what teenagers are like. Yeah. Uh, which I think is very hard to do. Yeah. Um, the the way they had terms and phraseology that was like weird and didn't really make sense, but they all like went, yeah, yeah. was very like high school was. So I really liked it. I think it has a lot to say about the youth culture in America. I think it's kind of timeless in that way. Yeah. But it's also 80s as shit. 80s as hell. And uh, and I'm sorry to say, Dave, uh, you can't accessorize for shit. I can't accessorize for shit. That's fair. That being said, uh, for me, this is a rent it. Yep. But with an asterisk. Mm-hmm. If you are one of those 80s nostalgia nuts, yeah. then you got to own it. Got to own it. Uh, you got And plus, if you're an 80s nostalgia nut, then you love physical media. So well, you and also, it. it just celebrated its 35th anniversary, and uh, Arrow did a phenomenal restoration on it and did oh, a, wow. a new release of it. I haven't picked it up yet. I actually think it might be a 4K now I think about it because I think uh, Jerry got it. Um, it looks fantastic. I've seen screen grabs from it. It's got a lot of great reviews, a lot of great bonus content. So if you're a physical media nut, make sure to check out the Arrow version because that's going to have the most features and the best print of that film so far. Um, This is a staple of high school films for me. I think this is one of the best of the 80s high school films. It still sucks in new audiences every year. I find out people find out about this film, and I'm kind of happy well, about didn't it. Didn't it have it had a series? Had a TV series yeah. in 2018. Yeah, and I think it only got one season. I haven't heard really great things about it. But Shannon Doherty did return for the series. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, this is the casting's top notch. The story really sucks you in, and the insane turns and the dark humor that's presented. I mean, this movie is is one of a kind. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. And and uh, yeah, I hate that saying, but you couldn't make it today. You could not make no, it today. You could not. And speaking of movies you cannot make today, we always like to end the show with a recommendation. I've got two, but the first one I'm going to say is is I, I can't get out of this episode without mentioning this movie. Um, Enrique and I, a couple years ago, uh, thanks to Synapse, released a movie called Massacre at Central High from 1976. 
And the story on IMDb says a high school transfer student pushed to the edge by a trio of brutal bullies resorts to murder to reclaim the school from oppression and later turns against the students wanting to fill the vacuum of their oppressors. This movie's insane. This is basically a guy that gets bullied too far, but then once the bullies are gone, he's still going to take out more people. He just keeps killing. Yeah. yeah. No, it's insane. And it has a lot of similarities to Heather's, uh, even with the climax, the explosion. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. And they yeah. actually asked Dan Waters uh, a while back, they asked him if like he had seen Massacre Central High, and he was he said he wasn't familiar of it when he, when he made Heather's, but it was found out that he did review the film in a book that he appeared in a while huh. back. So it's a little <laughs> sus. It might have been sus subconscious, yeah. though. And the second recommendation I'm going to get, if you want a movie about a town, not just the school going crazy with, uh, with a trend, but also just something that ruins their life, Assassination Nation, which is basically what would happen if every... Every smartphone in your town was hacked and everybody had access to everyone's pictures. I did like Assassination Nation, yeah. It's insane, and it's also a very black comedy, but heavy on the black part. Well, fair enough. (laughs) Because it is violent, and it is... It, it's it's retributable on that one. <laughs> it's, what's that word? Retributable. Or retrib- retri- retri- retribution is what I'm trying to think of. Retributable. I don't even know. There, there, David. That's fine. You did What's good. your recommendation? Uh, I actually have two recommendations. Uh, one that I think uh, nails the hell school, mm-hmm. which would be... Class of 1984. That was actually going to be one of my one of my suggestions. Yeah, yeah. We, class of 1984. It, it's about a school in a uh, dystopian reality yeah. where the students are violent gang members, and you can only hope to survive. And uh, Roddy McDowell plays one of the most uh, upsettingly I, tragic. Tragic I mean, is the perfect yeah. word. Yeah. No. No. He really pulls at my heartstrings. Yeah. Oh, the, the, there's one scene that we have to mention with that where he has he's lost it. Like he he's yeah. fucking done with these students, and he's literally teaching a class at gunpoint. Yeah. He's literally holding a gun on the students and teaching them. Yeah. And and it it takes a lot to get me to feel bad for a teacher. I was I did not like school. I dropped out of high school. I was not happy uh, being in school in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but my second choice would be to explore the concept of youth and uh, and the ideas of like suicide and things like that would be one of my favorite movies of all time, yeah. which is World's Greatest Dad. Yes. Uh, Bobcat Goldthwait's masterpiece, uh, which I know, ha, 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 no, for real, it's a masterpiece. It's called World's Greatest Dad starring Robin Williams, and that is literally one of the finest films I've ever seen in yeah. my life. And it's about a teacher whose son is a bit of a shithead. He accidentally kills himself. So his dad, who is a struggling writer, mm-hmm. writes his suicide note to kind of save face for the family. Yeah. And the suicide note takes the school by storm. Yes. He ends up writing a fake uh, a fake uh, journal. Yep. It gets published. And all of a sudden, he has all the fame and attention he'd always hoped. But it's over something that is a total lie. Yeah. It has so much good to say about human nature. So that would be another film I think would be worth checking out. Yeah, absolutely. And as we wrap up, I do want to say the the heavy theme of this episode, if you are somebody that is struggling out there, there there is help. You always have somebody to contact the National Suicide Hotline, of course, 9888. Um, you know, if you're struggling, you're not the only one. There are people out there that can help you. I personally struggle with it. I know Enrique has struggles with it as well. And, you know, the one thing that I can say is the world is better with you in it, 100%. So don't ever think otherwise of that. So if you ever are having problems with that, just please reach out to somebody and, you know, make sure that you get the help that you need because 
we don't want to lose any more people than we have to. Yeah, anytime you have dark thoughts, the best thing you can do is share them with somebody. Um, I have a saying I've been saying for a long time, which is uh, don't let that shit bounce around in your head so long that it knocks over the furniture. Yes, that's um, a great way to put that. So, uh, but that yeah, great way to end Heather's well, but that is <laughs> 1988's Heather's. 1988 Heather's, and uh, you know, we, uh, we, we are getting out of here, but I do want to tease next week because we have a very special program because uh, we've already done one watch that I brought into your life. Next week, we are going to close out our February lineup with Romancing the Stone, the Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner adventure that uh, was heavily inspired for the Lost City movie that came out with Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock oh, okay. recently. Huh. So uh, that is a that is going to be our final for the February lineup. I cannot wait to show you that movie. So that's what we got yeah, next that's week. That's one that if I've seen it, I don't know it. You may have seen it on cable. Sure, I'm, I'm, sure. I'm going to guess once we start watching, there's going to be some scenes. So tune in next week when Enrique gets his first watch of Romancing the Stone. <laughs> oh, Oh, yes. And remember, if you want to find out anything else about our show, uh, just go to doyouevenmovie.com. <clears throat> My throat is killing me. I oh. noticed. It's almost like I was sick. Weird. But uh, uh, go to doyouevenmovie.com. If you want to email us, you can email us at doyouevenmoviepod at gmail.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, please leave us a like, leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you guys what you think of the movies we've been talking about, what movies you think we should talk about. Yes. If you're listening to this on the podcast, we we really could use your help with some reviews. Yes. Uh, just star ratings on Spotify and Apple Podcasts make a huge difference. And Absolutely. consider sharing the show with a movie-loving friend. It definitely does not hurt. Does not at all. <clears throat> Unlike my experiences in high school, which hurt plenty. <laughs> So. And of course, you can follow us at uh, Instagram at Do Even Movie Pod over on TikTok, Do Even Movie Pod. We are on X, we are on Facebook, and uh, we are pretty much anywhere the socials are right now. Yeah, and maybe we'll actually be on X if somebody. I have post posted on, on X this week. Thank you very much. Oh, it only you only took a little uh, month and a half break. Shut up. <laughs> so until next time, guys, we'll see you when we're talking all about romancing the stone right here on Do You Even Movie. We'll see you. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>